Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Praise the Lord. It's chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading there with verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. I want you to look at that statement there in verse number 8. Ye shall receive power. Ye shall. Would you say that with me? Ye shall receive power. That's that's what we're going to preach about. But go to Acts chapter 2. And verse number 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Ye shall receive power. I feel that power in this place. Hallelujah. I feel that power in this place. Praise God. Would you lift your hands once again with me and let's pray for the Spirit of the Lord to move in this atmosphere here this morning. Continue to work in this place. Jesus, we need you. We desire you. We're praying, God, to you to move, to work, to fill somebody with your wonderful spirit. Allow somebody to see their need of you this morning. Work to restore, put lives back together, change individuals. We thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'm thankful and in a good way, I'm proud to be apostolic Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed of being Pentecostal. In fact, I would be ashamed, and I don't mean this as an arrogant statement, but I would be ashamed to be anything else. Amen. I'm so thrilled that God chose me out of all of the billions of people of this world. And if you knew my story, 
chose me and placed me in a home, a family that would teach me the truth. And I've experienced this new birth experience of repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the unfilling of the Holy Ghost. And I am so thankful for it. Uh, you know, sometimes and in some arenas, I, I believe in decorum. I believe in being uh, dignified somewhat. I believe in having class and all of those things. But you know, Pentecost and religion uh, that tries to get too sophisticated usually ends up losing its power. It loses its authority. It loses the anointing. There's just something about letting the Holy Ghost have its way. And there's just something about yielding to the Spirit of God and letting it work in our lives. And uh, I thank God when He steps in and He takes control and He goes beyond what we're able to do because all of us have our own limitations. And we can only go so far, but God can go beyond. And God can help us to see and experience what we need to, to improve not only the present, but improve our lives forever. How many knows that God is not able only to help you in that present problem that you're in, but he's able to help you to overcome in such a way and give you power to no matter what the devil throws at you in the future, that you will have the strength and the wherewithal to overcome and to live a victorious life. Amen. I realize that the grace of God is there and He enables us and strengthens us. I'm thankful for the mercies of the Lord. And I, I don't believe that once a person comes to God and experiences this new birth that they never ever are allowed to make a mistake again. And uh, I think you understand all of that. But I'm going to tell you that I don't feel like that we have to live a weak life are sub subjugated to the spirits of this world and, and the influences that are out there and the darkness that is out there. But I believe that once we're delivered from that darkness, we can live in victory. Amen. You might have used to been a whoremonger. You might have used to have been a, an addict. You might have used to been an alcoholic. You might have used to been, amen, whatever. You fill in the blank. But once... Uh, you experience the power of His Spirit. You don't have to go back. You don't have to fall back in that, that same pit from which you were dug. That's, that's the power of Pentecost. And when we look into the pages of the book of Acts, we find ourselves. We, we find the identity of the true church. This is where the church was born, right here in the first few chapters of the book of Acts. We see uh, that, that initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the inauguration of the church, our identity, our doctrine, and what defines us is all discovered right here in this passage surrounding the day of Pentecost. And I want to take just a few moments and go back to where it all began and how it all started. And first, I want to speak to you this morning about the setting of Pentecost. Uh, for you to really understand all that took place and all that happened, you have to understand the setting of Pentecost because Jesus emphatically instructed them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise. Stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Now, I, I want to admit to you that 
Had I been Jesus, I don't know that I would have chosen Jerusalem. Uh, it begs the question, why really was Jerusalem the chosen place? Why is this the setting of Pentecost? Why not Bethany? After all, Bethany is the place where he raised Lazarus from the dead on the fourth day. After he had already been placed in the grave and the stone had been rolled over the tomb. Uh, Jesus walked up to that tomb and instructed them to roll away the stone. And he said with a loud voice, uh, the voice of authority, the voice that has power and life and death. uh, He spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. And the scripture says that Lazarus come bounding out of that tomb. And he had grave clothes binding him up. And he said, loose him and let him go. Why not? Start your church in Bethany. I mean, you already got a reputation of being one that can raise from the dead. It was at Bethany that there was Mary and Martha along with Lazarus. In other words, they already had a small group of believers that were there. It it seemed like an ideal place to start your church. Why not began at Bethany? Why was it that he said for them to go to Jerusalem and not depart until they be endued with power from on high. And then maybe you would have chosen or I would have chosen Cana of Galilee. After all, this is where he performed his first public miracle. Where he was at the wedding feast as a guest. And, and up until this point, it was not known to the multitudes that he was a miracle worker. But Mary had a revelation that nobody else had. She realized that he was more than just a man, but that he was God manifest in flesh. And when the host ran out of wine, she turned to Jesus and said, they have no wine. And the Lord looked at her and said, what have I to do with thee? And she did not take this as some type of ridicule. She did not become offended, but she simply turned to the servants and said something very powerful. She said, whatever he says to do, do it. In other words, your blessing, your miracle is going to transpire as you are obedient to the word of the Lord. And the Bible says he told them to fill the water pots with water. And when he filled, when they filled the water pots with water and they came back and began to serve it, the Bible says that that water had blushed and turned into wine. And this was the first miracle of Jesus Christ. And it was noised abroad from that place in Cana of Galilee that he was in fact a miracle worker. Why would this not be the perfect place? To began a church. I mean this is where you launched your miracle ministry. This looks like a wonderful place for it to all start. But he emphatically said that this is all going to take place initially. It is all going to begin at Jerusalem. Why did Jesus uh, not send this group somewhere else? Some other place. But why was Jerusalem so important? First of all, I want to tell you that it was prophetic because Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. We understand that it was already in the will and the mind of God that this would be the place that the doctrine would first be preached. 
This would be the place where Simon Peter would stand up with the other eleven. And he would preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that were there on the day of Pentecost. So it was prophetic. But not only prophetic. Secondly, it was practical. Because it was at Jerusalem that thousands of people from every known tongue and kindred of that area and the then known world had gathered to that place there at Jerusalem for this feast. And this is where the Lord had chose to begin His church because He knew the influence and the impact of Pentecost was not just going to affect the city of Jerusalem, but He said right here in our text that it's going to move from there to Judea and Samaria and to every part of the globe. And we're seeing it happen even as I stand here today. More and more people. Amen. Folks that have never heard the name Jesus Christ. Once it is preached to them. It doesn't matter what dark continent they live in. The Lord is filling people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He is fulfilling this promise. All across the globe. Even this morning. People are still receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now there's been an argument that people have said that the Holy Ghost being poured out and people speaking in tongues that was only for them back there 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. But that was just an initial sign to start. That was just a miracle that happened on that day to begin the church. There's no need of that in our hour. That's not how it happens in our day. But the Bible tells me in Acts 2 and 39 that the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call do you believe that the Lord is still calling people then you have to believe that the Holy Ghost is still being poured out do you believe that God beckons you and called you and dealt with you then you have to believe that the promise of the Holy Ghost is still being performed in this day. He's still pouring it out in this hour. Oh, clap your hands and let's give praise to Him. When that 120 comes staggering out of that upper room, uh, there were those that were witnessing it, uh, and they mocked them, said they are full of new wine. But Peter stood up in their defense And he began to preach on the day of Pentecost. These are not drunken as ye suppose. He did not say that they were not drunk. But he said they're not drunk on wine. They're not drunk on what you think they're drunk on. They're not under the influence of what you think they're under the influence of. They're not intoxicated or inebriated on the things that man makes. But they're intoxicated and inebriated on the Spirit of God. That is what has influenced their life. These are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. They don't get drunk. People don't get drunk this early in the day. But this is that which was spoken up by the prophet Joel. That in the last day saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So what's happening here for them? It's not just for them. It's not just for the 120. But all of you that are witnessing that come from all over the then known world, the Holy Ghost is for you. And I just want to stop and say this morning that the Holy Ghost is for everybody that is in this house this morning. God wants to fill everybody with His Spirit. Come on, let's clap our hands and give praise to the Lord. Not only was it 
Not only was it prophetic and not only was it practical, but it was also personal. Jerusalem had been the place of the crucifixion. Jerusalem had been the place of the betrayal and also the denial. But it was the place that Jesus still loved. This is a perfect picture of God's mercy. This is a perfect picture of the Lord's grace to you and I. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in Jerusalem. This was a place that was special to the Lord. We find in in the Gospels how that he went up on a high pinnacle that overlooked that city. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered thee together as a hen doth her brood or her chicks, but thou would not. I sent to you prophets and you stoned them. I sent to you preacher after preacher and you rejected them. But he still never lost his love affair. Maybe there's somebody in this place this morning that you feel like in times past you, you, you weren't ready to serve God. You, you made up in your mind the time is not now for me. And I, I, I don't want to come to the Lord at this particular point in my life. I'm not interested right now in serving God. And you wonder after, after rejecting the Lord and shrugging it off and, and not yielding at that particular time that God visited you in such a profound way. You, you wonder perhaps, will there ever, ever be another chance? Will I ever have that opportunity again? Will the Lord ever deal with me as He dealt with me back then? Will I ever experience Him to the same degree that I experienced Him before? I want to tell you, this, this ought to be a reminder to you just how much God wants to save. How much God wants to fill people with His Spirit. Just how merciful God is. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Amen. I've tried to send preachers and prophets and warning after warning. I've dealt with you. I've allowed things to occur and conditions to happen to try to bring you to me and and help you to come to me and you've rejected me but I got one more thing that I'm going to allow to happen at Jerusalem I'm going to send the power of Pentecost I'm going to send the promise Amen. I, I want you to have an experience no longer will it be God among you but it will be God in you Amen. no longer will you experience it from the outside but now you're going to get to be an insider. Now you're going to get to experience it for yourself. You're going to get to have him on the inside of your heart. It won't be at a temple somewhere, behind a veil somewhere, in a holy place somewhere. But the holy place is going to be in the hearts of men. It's going to be a temple that's not made with hands. It's going to be the temple of living individuals and souls. It's going to be the Holy Ghost that's going to be poured out in your life. Oh, let's raise our hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jerusalem was an important place. That was the setting of Pentecost. Now, let's not only talk about the setting, but let's talk about and discuss the sounds of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 2 says, There came a sound, a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Amen. Now, it's been springtime around. There has been a rushing mighty wind. My, Brother Bentine knows, uh, 
Some others know I've got an eight-foot fence around the pool, and a rushing mighty wind came up the other night, took out a 30-foot section, and uh, one half of that 30-foot section, about 15-foot, wasn't just moved a little bit, but it was moved up over the pool and fell on the other side, up against uh, the fence on the other side. And the trampoline looked like uh, a crinkled up Coke can after the wind. You know, I knew it was windy outside, but I never, I slept right through that. I've seen some people sleep right through Pentecostal church services that was just as powerful and just as wonderful and just as real. But that's another sermon for another time. But... It was something that could be heard. You know, this, this, this goes back and traces back to what was talked about in John chapter number 3 when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and the Lord just cut him off and said, you must be born again of water and of spirit to see the kingdom of heaven. And he, he had some trouble understanding that. He said, how can I be born once I'm old? And he said, I'm not talking about physical birth, Nicodemus. Come on, man. Uh, wake up here. Realize what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. And then he makes a statement. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof. And you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going. But you can't deny the effects of it. You can't deny that something happens where the wind blows. It rustles through the trees. It uproots trees sometimes. It moves. I'm going to tell you what I'm preaching about. has power to move obstructions out of your life. It has power to uproot things that seem so entrenched in your life. It has power to help you to overcome and to, to have the ability to rise above things that have been such strongholds in your life. They can be moved out by this mighty wind that I'm preaching. They heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Uh, And I want you to notice the source of that sound. The Bible says that that sound came from heaven. I don't know about you. I'm not ridiculing anybody. I'm not here making some type of stump speech or I'm not here making a political statement. But I don't need another sound from Washington, D.C. Well, I thought I'd get an amen or two out of that. I don't need another sound from Austin or Little Rock or any other capital in our nation. Uh, I I don't need a sound from some celebrity that is uh, some kind of pseudo uh, uh, trying to pontificate on his political or her political views. I don't need those sounds in my... I need a sound from heaven. I, I said I need a sound from heaven. I need the Lord to speak to me. I need the Lord to move on me. I need the Lord to minister to me. We need a sound that transcends politics and transcends cultural barriers and transcends obstructions and uh, transcends all the things that sometimes hinder people and keep people from responding as they need to. I'm going to tell you, when the Holy Ghost moves on you, you won't be able to deny it. Amen. When the Holy Ghost moves upon you, you'll know that it's real. Come on, let's give some praise to our God right now. Let's not only talk about the source of that sound, but let's talk about the strength of that sound. The Bible said it was a rushing mighty wind. Mighty wind. 
Praise God. I'm going to tell you, you don't, you don't have to wonder whether God has the power. Amen. There's no device. There's no evil. There's nothing that the devil has came up with. The Bible said don't be ignorant of his devices so we know that the devil is coming up with devices all the time. And they're designed to get a grip on people's lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets a grip on people and distracts them away from what God wants to do in their life. But I'm going to tell you, there's might and there's power in the Holy Ghost. The Bible said he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Praise the Lord. That's a very powerful verse of Scripture. What that actually means is he took the thing that binds and he put that in bondage. In other words, he put the jailhouse in prison. The thing that binds you, he's got it on a leash. He has power over it. He is able to restrict it. He's able to obstruct it. The thing that stands in your way, he's able, amen, to stand between you and it. Amen. And keep it from affecting your life anymore. I'm so thankful that he has power, power and authority. There is a mighty force that comes with the Holy Ghost. I said there's a mighty force that comes with the Holy Ghost. But it's not just the source of that sound and the strength of that sound that I'm concerned with. But let's talk about the saturation of that sound. Amen. It filled all the house. All the house where they were sitting. I'm going to tell you, any and everybody that is hungry here this morning, he could saturate your life. He could feel your soul. He could work to move in your behalf. He could touch you and help you and heal the broken parts of your life. He is able to saturate every thirsty soul that is in this place. The Bible said blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. Throw up your hands and say I'm hungry God. I'm hungry. talked about the setting. We've talked about the sound. Let's talk about the sights of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 said there appeared, there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. We need an each and an all experience here in this place today. I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about is individual. What I'm talking about is, is again, personal. Amen. It can happen for everybody that's in this place, but when it happens, it's a personal experience that you cannot get away from. As I've heard one man say, you can come from anything to this, but you cannot go from this to anything else and be satisfied and feel complete. Amen. You can come from the drug den to this, but you can't leave this altar where you got the Holy Ghost and go back to the drug den and it ever really satisfy you again. You can leave the drink and put it down and you can come to this, but you can't leave the altar where you got a drink from Joel's well. You got filled with the Holy Ghost and go back to what this world serves and ever really be satisfied again. You can leave immorality and come to this, but you'll never be satisfied with a relationship out there unless you have a relationship with God. Amen. This is what satisfies. This is what brings completeness. This is what makes one whole. This is what brings. Come on. This is the missing piece to the puzzle of life. This is what you've been looking for. This is what you've been searching for in your soul. Yeah. 
It appeared unto them. Amen. It appeared unto them. I'm going to tell you, we need an obvious, an obvious Pentecost. I'm so sick and tired of clandestine Christians, covert Christians. You know what I'm talking about. You guys are kind of drawn up, aren't you? You know what I'm talking about. I'm a Christian on Sunday. Maybe, maybe on Wednesday. Some of you need to work on that. Three times a week, Christian. I'm going to tell you, you need to be a 24-7. Come on. Don't put this thing under a bushel. Don't, don't, it's, it's the, we're supposed to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. We're not to put our light under a bushel so no man can see it. We're supposed to be out in the open. I said we're supposed to be out in the open with who we are. I'm not ashamed to worship. Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Why would I be ashamed of something that set me free and changed my life and turned me around? Why would I be ashamed to worship a God? I know what some of y'all think. You think of these guys running in here while they're doing that in church, this sanctimonious place. Uh, I'm going to tell you, they can go to a ball game and they can scream until they lose their voice uh, and jump up and down and paint themselves the color of their teeth. We ought to be able to come to the house of God and leap for joy too. We ought to be able to come to the house of God and at least to show as, as much expression as they show for the things of this world. Come on, I'm more than a fan. I'm a fanatic for Jesus. Amen. I'm sold out to Jesus. I'm consecrated to Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. You know, you ever notice, you ever notice people, they can be all excited about something as long as it's working. In their behalf. Or until they get out of trouble. Until the problem lifts. Until the pressure is gone. I'm going to tell you. We need to be all in for this. To get the real blessings out of this. You've got to be all in for this. Oh praise the Lord somebody. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We've considered. We've considered the setting. And the sounds and the sights. But. I want to talk about the speech also. The Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit. There's the key. There's a lot of pseudo-experiences. A lot of pseudo-Pentecostals. You know, just about everybody. You know, 50 years ago it was anathema to have the Holy Ghost. Nowadays everybody wants the Holy Ghost. But there is a real Holy Ghost and there is a counterfeit. I'm going to tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost, there's some things in your life, desires change. The Bible said, behold, all things become new. You, you don't want to be the same person. You don't want to go to the same places. You don't want to talk the same talk and think the same thoughts. Things change in your life. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
There's new desires, new appetites, new longings, new hunger, new thirst that comes because you desire things of God where you used to not have an appetite. You suddenly have an appetite for prayer. You have an appetite to be at the house of God. You have an appetite to worship God. You have a desire to sing. Amen. You have a desire to give worship to the Lord. Amen. You know, you, you know, don't sit there like you're so sanctified now this morning. You know when Friday night used to roll around. You used to want to go wherever they got those crystal balls and lights. Or maybe some of you want to pull your boots on. I told somebody the other day, I said, well, what what you do for a living? And they said, well... Something about line dancing. I said, what? I didn't know that was a thing. Line dancing. I teach line dancing. I said, well, let's just leave that alone. But you know what? We didn't stop dancing when we got in the church. As one fellow said, we just got a new partner. Amen. When we come to God, we got this experience in the Lord. We got something, amen, that calls us every once in a while to have joy so much that we can't hold it back. We can't stand it no more. We want to worship God. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And he didn't even have the experience that you and I've got this morning. He didn't have the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues like you and I got this morning. And he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Oh, sometimes I just got to leap for joy. Sometimes I get excited. Sometimes this thrill in my soul causes me to want to move a little bit. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. We're, we're talking about we're talking about the speech of Pentecost. Amen. They spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them it. When the Holy Ghost moves on you, the Bible says the way that you know the initial sign. You're looking at one preacher that believes the initial sign of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. Now, I know that there's signs that need to follow that, fruit of the Spirit. There's other times that God uses people in the gift of the Spirit. But the initial sign that somebody has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is they're going to speak with other tongues. And that's not something that you can be taught by somebody else. I don't believe we have to prime you up and get you to say one word over and over again until you, you lose track of what you're doing and, and you, you start speaking unintelligibly and, and then we say, oh, you got it. But I believe that the influence of God comes upon a person. And when the Spirit comes upon a person that, that he'll take this unruly member that James talked about uh, that is like fire, like a, like a, like a torch of fire that, that, that strikes a, a fire, amen, that has the power to speak life and death, uh, this most unruly member of your body. He said, you know, just like a rudder has, uh, uh, or a ship has a rudder, and just like a horse has to have a bridle to lead it. He said the tongue is a lot like that. And so when the Spirit comes upon a man or a woman, amen, they'll speak in a heavenly language. They'll speak as the Spirit of God gives them the utterance. And that will be the sign that I not only have their tongue, but I have every part of them. When I get that most unruly member, that means that I have their entire being. It means they're totally yielded 
unto me and surrendered unto me. I'm going to tell you that's still the sign, the initial sign of the Holy Ghost uh, that you'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Uh, And the way you receive this Holy Ghost is repent of your sins. Uh, Amen. Open up your heart and say, God, forgive me. I'm turning away from that. I need you in my life. Uh, This is the promise uh, that you have given to all and and desire it and all that are hungry for it. Uh, You can give me the Holy Ghost. uh, And I believe that as you begin to worship God and thank Him for forgiving you and cleansing you, the Spirit of God can come uh, and you can experience what the rest in this building has experienced. You can get the Holy Ghost for yourself. And let me just stop and say, if it's been a long time since you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can get it all over again this morning. This is not a one-time deal. This is not something that has to last you from the time you got it till now. But I'm telling you that there's power to be renewed again. There's power to receive it all over again. You can be refreshed in the Holy Ghost all over again. Come on, let's lift up our hands to the Lord and let's give Him praise right now. We've talked about the setting. We've talked about the sounds. We've talked about the sights. We've talked about the speech. Let's talk about one last thing. Let's talk about the significance of all of this. I believe that the Holy Ghost is a salvation issue. The Bible says, unless you're born again of water, Jesus' name, baptism, and spirit, John 3 and 5, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Is that what it says? Romans chapter number 8 and verse 9 says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So I do believe that you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But instead of us coming from the perspective of trying to prove the necessity of it, My question for people is, is why wouldn't you want to receive it? There's nothing negative about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's only a positive thing in your life to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But what's the significance of it? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 tells us, and I read it to you in our text here this morning, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. First of all, you're going to be a witness. Pentecost is not just for our enjoyment and oh, how we enjoy it. It's, it's a wonderful life living for God. It's a, a blessing. It's, an, it's exciting to be able to serve the Lord and, and feel the heaviness of sin and the condemnation, the guilt and the shame that comes along with sin lifted from your life to be able to get a good night's rest and have peace. The Bible says that passeth all understanding. All those things are wonderful. The joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. All of those things are wonderful things and I enjoy it. But I'm going to tell you this Holy Ghost is not just for our enjoyment. It's also for our employment. It's also for us to get out there and do something with it. The Holy Ghost isn't meant for us just to be pew dwellers. It's not just meant for us to come to church and shout around this experience that we have in God. But it's meant for us to get out there and get a Bible study under our arm. Amen. Take a Bible in our hands and explain to somebody else. It's not just for me, but it's also for you. I'm a witness that God can change a person's life. I'm a living testimony that God can turn somebody's life around. I'm a living testimony that He can deliver you. I'm a living testimony. 
that he's still a healer, that he's still restored relationship. My marriage was on the rocks, but God put it back together again. Amen. I was addicted to nicotine, but God delivered me from that. Amen. I was bound up in alcoholism, but God delivered me from that. Amen. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. The Bible said you got power to become a witness. But as the musicians come and we all stand, the true purpose of Pentecost is encapsulated in that first statement. Ye shall receive power. Power. Some people feel so powerless in our world today. Some people feel like they don't have the power to change. Some folks feel like I don't have the power to be different. This thing that I'm fighting and struggling with is too powerful in my life. I cannot overcome it. I'm going to tell you there's power. Power to overcome. You're not powerless against addiction. You're not powerless against the attacks of the enemy. You're not powerless against the fears that try to plague your mind. You're not powerless against temptations the devil tries to trip you up with. You're not powerless. Amen. But the purpose of the Holy Ghost is to give you power to overcome. Amen. Sometimes we try everything else. We try everyone else. We go to all other, all other forms and Things to try to find help and try to find strength and try to overcome. And I'm not opposed to the aid that they can bring and the help that those types of situations can offer. I'm not opposed to anything that can work alongside the Holy Ghost. Any program, any, anything like that that can work alongside the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you many times we get the cart before the horse. I'm going to tell you what we really need is we need to surrender ourselves to the God that created us and that knows us better than we know ourselves and has the power, the power to really help us to bring change, lasting change into our lives. Amen. I'm telling you, He can bring lasting change into your life. Amen. I've known people, they sign a card, they make a commitment, and they say, this is what I'm going to do. Things are going to be different from this moment on. And they, within two weeks, are back doing the same thing that they've ever done or they always did in their life. Uh, Some people, they come to the altar, they repeat the sinner's prayer. But three weeks from that date, they're back doing the same things that they were doing before. I'm going to tell you, that's not that. There has to be something more than that. And what I'm preaching to you is available to you. And that is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise. It's a gift that God wants to give each and every person that is in this place this morning. I want us to raise our hands right now and let the Holy Ghost minister in this house. Come on, church. I want you to get in tune with what's going on. Let the Spirit of the Lord Work and let the Spirit of the Lord minister and let the Spirit of the Lord have its way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tell you what I'd like to do. Tell you what I'd like to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so bold as to step out here a little bit this morning.
give opportunity. I want the church to help me. But if you're here today, there's two groups of people that I really felt at the beginning of this service that I would minister to. First of all, if you're here today and you've never received the wonderful gift of God's Spirit, that's nothing to feel embarrassed about. That's nothing to be ashamed of because you're looking at a group of people, all of us, all of us have been there at one point or another. Every person in this place had to come to God the same way. None of us got to skip any steps. None of us got to got to leapfrog any 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 phase of this but to receive the wonderful gift and the promise of God we all had to come and repent of our sins we all had to give our hearts to the Lord and say God I'm not going back to the man or the woman that I used to be we all had to accept the name we all had to accept that I'll be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And God is gracious enough to fill people with the Holy Ghost. We've seen it happen here very recently. And I believe we can see it again here today. So if you've never had the Holy Ghost, I believe that God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost this morning. And if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. And then maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's been years since you spoke in tongues. Maybe it's been so long you, you, you don't even know or you have doubts whether you've received it before. Or there's question marks. I want to tell you, you can leave here with confidence. I'm going to tell you, God is able to give confidence to people about their salvation experience. Because that devil is going to jump on your shoulder when you leave here today and say, Ah, oh, you didn't get anything. You didn't really get that. I'm going to tell you, that's a good sign you did get something is the devil comes around and tries to attack you and try to tell you that you didn't. That's a good sign that you... Don't let him cheat you out of what you received. But I just wonder if there might be somebody that either wants to receive it or be renewed in the Holy Ghost. If you would be courageous enough. Amen. And this again, we're not putting anybody on the spot, but if you'd be courageous enough to come to this altar, I believe God will do a work in your life here today. Come on now. I want you to have the faith to step out. I want you to have the faith to come on. Amen. Make your way to this altar. Hallelujah. We're not trying to put anybody in spotlights. We're not trying to, we're not trying to force anybody. We're not hindering anybody. Here's Brother Tommy. He wants the Holy Ghost this morning. I believe God can fill him with the Holy Ghost. Is there somebody else that wants the Holy Ghost? Amen. Is there somebody else that wants a renewing in the Holy Ghost? There's something about stepping out and taking leave of the familiar and saying, God, I'm stepping out. I'm having faith. I'm, I've got confidence that you're going to help me. Hallelujah. I want you to step out where you are make your way to this front this sister Shirley amen God is able to do a work in her life right here today and change things now and forever amen God has has dealt with her and ministered to her and worked in her life here recently amen and there's a reason for it I'm going to tell you there's going to be shouting in heaven today there's going to be rejoicing in heaven today there's going to be angels that are going to be shouting in heaven today because there's folks in this place that say God 
God. I want the real. I want the genuine. I want what you have for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, brethren. Let's pray for these. Come on, sister. Let's pray for, for Sister Shirley right now. Hallelujah. Yield your heart to God. Surrender yourself to the Lord. Open up yourself to God as they begin to sing this morning. Amen. If you haven't come already, you can still come to this altar. Hallelujah.